0: Hey there, I'm Lena Elkins, head coach and trainer at Lena Elkins Coaching. Welcome to Unfiltered, where we talk about real business, real marketing, and real transformation. This podcast is created for aspiring and growing online entrepreneurs who are investing their own capital, their own time, and their own energy into transforming their lives and companies, and are on a mission to multiply their income, influence, and impact fast. Welcome to Unfiltered, and I hope you love the episode. Hello, my friends. Lena Elkins here, and welcome back to the Unfiltered podcast. You guys are in for an awesome episode today. Um, This is the second time that I have now said her last name out loud, but the millionth time that I've tried to practice it in my head, and I somehow still screwed it up. So we are going to try again. We are here with my friend, Danielle Driuso. Yeah, I killed it. Woohoo! Isn't that embarrassing, you guys, when you realize that like you've only said someone's last name out loud in your head and then you say it? Out loud in person, you're like totally triggered by it. That's how I'm feeling right now, but we're just getting past it. Um, but Danny is a powerhouse voice and leadership coach behind the Unleash Your Voice podcast, which you guys should totally go check out. Beginning her career in acting and special effects makeup, Danny has leveraged her skills into teaching women how to own their extra, turn the volume up on who they are and unapologetically pursue their dreams. And Jenny actually has an upcoming book, Get Off Your Ass Into Your Life. And this is not your mama's approach to self-discovery that allows you to actually live the most fully expressed life right now in the moment in real time. And her approach to her work is infused with play, with power, and a bold desire to be heard. Her mantra, you're fabulous, stop being so secretive about it, has become a war cry to her clients and students who continue to get their heart heart-centered work out into the world, and do that through international marketing and unshakable confidence. So, Danny, welcome to the show. I'm so delighted to have you.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And even when you were reading the bio, I was like, damn, who's that girl? I like her. I got to get in
0: her space. Yeah, who is she? (laughs) Who is she? Damn, she sounds really cool. (laughs) She's really cool. I would be so lucky to be her friend, JK. I am. All you guys are. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm so happy. So Danny, tell us more about your business, who you serve through this work and what your processes look like. What exactly does the work that you do look like?
1: Oh my God. I love that question actually so much. Okay. So, um, a lot of the work that I do is I work with primarily females. Um, I'm not like, like gender doesn't really matter to me. Gender is fluid, but, um, primarily females come to me and they're like, I have been shushed for so long. Like they're like i have been shushed in so many different ways i have been like pushed on to me this like nice girl be quiet sit in the corner do your work like in order to excel you have to be these certain things and these certain standards that society puts onto us in order to be successful you must be these roles right in order to get what you want and then that actually breeds so much resentment and it also breeds so much self judgment and judgment of others because I always teach that there's this thing that, um, everyone's like, don't be super confident or don't be like, like you can't be. Cause that's like cockiness, which it's like, no cockiness is actually a wounded energy. This idea of humble that we're taught in society is like, sit down, be quiet. Like even though I have a, um, chapter in my book, you're going to love this. I have a chapter in my book called don't listen to Kendrick Lamar. Listen to me because he, <laughs> has that, he has that song that's like, be humble, sit down. And I'm like, no, stand up and get loud about who you are. Because We're taught that humble is like this social construct, like that breeds more insecurity. It's like be quiet. If you are too happy about who you are, people are gonna hate you. So you're like, oh God, okay. So even if I'm totally okay with myself, I have to now come up with these things that I hate about myself in order to be relatable. Right? And it makes no sense. So I believe in going the total opposite way. And I believe everyone has a voice and every has everyone has something to share. And there is room for all of us. So I really love working with women who have felt shushed or, or, or extroverted, have been told that they're too loud, too bold, too much, too emotional, um, that they're too aggressive, that they're too ambitious. Like all these things that we're told were too much and actually owning every part of what that is for us because it might be too much for one person to handle who doesn't have the emotional capacity to actually deal with their own human qualities like that's all that means when someone's like you're too much they're literally telling you i do not have the emotional capacity to deal with that within myself so therefore i'm going to tell you it's a you thing but it's never a fucking us thing it's never an us thing it's that person's thing
0: Yeah, that is really powerful. And it makes a ton of sense. So I'm curious, when women are lacking that confidence, and they're feeling ashamed of their voice and who they are, how does that prevent them in real time in their day to day life? Like, in what areas of their life does it really hold them back? In, if that makes sense?
1: Oh, it can show up in so many different ways. And for me personally, I think like personal experience is something really powerful to talk about because I think people can look at me and they're like, oh, Danny's so loud and proud about who she is. But guys, I wanted so badly to have validation that I got a degree in being other people. Like I always make that joke, but it's true. Like I have an acting degree yeah. and like being other people. My entire life was standing outside of audition rooms, trying to figure out who I needed to enter that room as in order to get the job, who I needed to enter that space as in order to be liked, loved or accepted or paid. Right. So it's, it showed up in so many different parts of my life where I was going through my acting degree, having people tell me, you bob your head too much, your hands do this and like all this stuff. What they were trying to tell me is they were trying to show me how to become a different character, but how it translates when you're trained in theater is every part of you is wrong therefore stop doing everything, enter the room completely neutral so that you can bend to whatever your director wants. And it set up this super fucked up dynamic. Cause when you're taught that in a really young age, like I started acting when I was about eight years old. And when you're taught that at a really young age, it kind of is a through line of your life. You're like, Oh, when I become what this person wants me to become, I get attention. So I'm going to use that to my advantage and I'm going to do that in life. And so I would show up on dates, trying to be completely neutral, remembering all these things that I was told of like, okay, you're too loud. Don't laugh too loud. Like make it be quiet. Like, don't swear too much. You got to be ladylike, like all these things. Um, and I convinced myself that that's what that person wanted, not knowing, and this is what we do. So if you are ever in this space, what we tend to do is we tend to assume that someone all of, all of a sudden, like, won't like who we are. So we automatically discredit ourselves. So that can happen as you're about to go on a date and you think, oh my God, my weight is the problem. They're not going to like me because of my weight, where your body type might be that person's literally like, oh my God, wow. That person, holy shit balls. I'm so attracted to them. And you, before you even enter the space, assume that person won't like you based on your own insecurities, based on what someone told you in like middle school, Right. Yeah. So this is what we do. So for me, it showed up as I would always assume that my weight was a problem. So I was like super, super into diet culture. I was on my first diet when I was about 11 or 12, I went on Jenny Craig and I dieted slash I would starve myself slash all these different things in order to be liked, loved, accepted, not only in my career, but in life up until the time I was about 24, I'm 26 now. And so I was just so heavily into that. And you can see some of my videos because I don't delete anything. I think it's really powerful to see where people started. I don't delete anything. And you can actually see from my very first videos online, how number one, how thin I was. And I thought I was too big. I thought I was like, oh my God, this isn't going to work. I, I still feel like I'm like too much. My, my body is taking up too much space is what I thought, right? Which is what we're bred to believe. And we're believed that if, if we are physically taking up too much space, that we make people feel uncomfortable. Like, right. just think of that. That is what society tells us. And then we're, we're like, oh, I want to be big. I want to be visible. But if you're programmed to believe that even your body, something that is like how you take up space in the world is too much. How are you ever going to believe that your voice matters too?
0: Yeah. Right? It, yeah, for sure.
1: And so for me, I, it was like different parts of my life. I compartmentalize. So if I was online, I thought, okay, business people want me to be like this and therefore I'm going to whisper into the mic and I'm going to not show my nails because my nails are too colorful and I'm going to sit with this certain posture and I'm going to like, not wear too much makeup and I'm going to be all black and maybe wear a blazer. And that's like professional quote unquote. Right. And then I'm going to go to my makeup artist job and teach blood guts and gore to kids. Right. And that sounds worse than it is. Um, Super fun. Super fun. Right. Um, but I would show up to that class and be like so colorful and so fun. And then I would go to my job in an internship where I was in the office And I would dress in a completely different way and act in a completely different way. And then I would go into my family events and I would be a completely different person because the worst thing that I could be called at my family events was quote, unquote, extra. You're so extra. So I'd be like, okay, how can I not dress extra? And so I literally had separated closets. I had like two giant closets on my wall and they're split into fours. And I had one closet that was devoted to like my makeup artist makeup or my makeup artist clothing. And then I had the other closet that was devoted to my businessy like entrepreneur life, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And then I had
1: one closet devoted to my acting, which was like, okay, actor blacks, neutrals, uh clothes that I can move in, my audition clothes, and then I had a whole other closet that was regular life, which was clothes that were going to that I could wear to like Um, At the time I was dating this guy who I thought I was going to marry and I would go to his um, events with his family and be like, oh, well, if I wear this, they're going to think I'm too extra. So I have to dress in like sweatpants or I am going to go to my family event. And if I wear a too bright of a colored shirt, they're going to think I'm too extra or too nice of clothes. They're going to think too extra. So I literally separated myself based on closets, based on how I, what I wore. Also, this can show up in how I wrote content if my dad said I swore too much, I would delete the post. I would hyper be hyper aware of how I spoke on video. I'd be hyper aware of how I wrote. I would check all these different coaches first before I clicked like post on my post. I would be like, well, am I writing it like this person who's successful or this person who's successful or this person who I perceive as successful? is it the same? Is, does it follow the same through line? Cause that must be the key that the way that they write that, that must be the thing. That's why that's what got them to where they are. And so I would just bend every single part of who I was to whatever situation person in my life, like was the center point at the time. And for me, for the longest time, I convinced myself and we're really good at this. I convinced myself, Oh, this means that I'm just like a really good person. I'm just like such a good person. I'm so good. I like self-sacrifice. I'm taught that like, I need to put everyone before me. I'm being very humble. I'm being very kind and being very nice when secretly inside I was fuming because I already felt like I, my, my, um, candle was burnt at both ends so short and I would go on dates. And if the person didn't show up the way that I wanted them to, I would be pissed. Or if I had my family members asking something of me, I'd be like, You're asking for more of me, right? Like, so I was just so emptied by trying to bend who I was to every part of my life, including my business, that everything felt like a struggle. Everything felt like a struggle. Everything felt like no one got me, no one understood me, no one thought my work was valuable, like everything. No one's listening to me, no one likes me for who I am, like all this stuff when really, it was me trying to look at everyone else being like, please validate me because I don't know who I need to be in order to be loved. Right. Yeah. Long story short, that. <laughs> that. <laughs> that.
0: Yeah, that is so powerful. I completely agree, especially as women and especially as entrepreneurs. We're basically told to keep it to ourselves, to be quiet. And ultimately, I think what it comes down to is we're taught that we are responsible for and we cause other people's thoughts and feelings. It's sort of like how I like oh, about it, right? Yes. Um, And when we are showing up and we're taking all of that responsibility of what everybody else thinks about us all the time, you are so weighed down and so exhausted. And like you said, subconsciously resentful, resentful toward the situation, toward yourself, toward how other people are showing up, how you are... Uh, how you're showing up and ultimately like I just remember when I first said this to myself what a big relief it was like what a weight off my shoulders just to be like I do not cause other people's thoughts and feelings they are the only ones who cause their thoughts and feelings and I am the only one who can cause thoughts and feelings about myself it doesn't matter how other people react they do not have the ability to cause those thoughts and feelings for me so separating them is like such a big relief you know
1: Yes. Oh my God. And there's this process that I teach. If you don't mind me um, breaking something down like strategically for people. Um, Something for me that I teach now, because at the time, if someone said something to me, so for example, (laughs) true story guys. Um, One time I swore, and this happens all the time now, but I've gone through this process, so it doesn't bother me. But at the time it was earth shattering. My dad screenshotted, my dad's Roman Catholic, and he screenshotted a post of mine and he sent it to me. And he told me like, oh my God, Danielle, you can't keep saying this shit on the internet. Like you can't keep swearing on the internet because then no one's going to hire like people you want to get to your message to more people. You need to stop swearing. You want to get your message to more people. You need to stop doing this. And I was like, oh my God, what if he's right? Like, oh my God. And I internalized it so much. And I made it mean that I was bad and wrong. Right. Cause it felt like I was getting in trouble. Like, you know, when you're little and you get yeah. in trouble, it felt like that. I was like, oh my God, I need to change who I am now. Right. When you're little, you're like, I need to change the behavior to make my parents happy. And this is the process that I teach that I go through all the time now. And honestly, I use it to this day because last week I got the edits back for my book. And I felt like I was in university again. Cause it was like 350 pages of red. And I was Ugh. like, oh my God, I'm wrong. Everything. I was like, right away. You think, oh my God, what did I do? I'm wrong. I am wrong. Right. And that's the first thing we question ourselves. And so the first step is I say, question the source. Don't question yourself. So the first, and here's the thing, what I talk about in real time, I talk about this um, idea of like IRT, like what are you doing in real time? Because the first moment, so someone says something to us and our first instinct is to fight, flight, or freeze. So someone says, or like, get so fighting, you're like gonna get defensive. Like someone says something to you and you're like, oh, like, right? (laughs) Like, Like a dog, you wanna like bark back or you want to justify or defend yourself or something and you wanna make them wrong. The second, like if you're going to flight, you can do this in a, a a couple different ways. This is the idea of where you like cut everyone out of your life and use the block button, like it's like, like it's your number one source of of like being accepted or something. You're like, oh, if I just block everyone who doesn't like me, then I'll be then I'll be good, right? So you just yeah. like do that. That's flighting. Or another thing, like if you like jet on yourself, I always say like you kind of like run away from yourself by not standing behind your beliefs. So say if I was like, you hurt my feelings, and someone said oh, really? Did I actually, like, instead of saying, okay, maybe you didn't, maybe I'm being too crazy. Maybe I'm acting like this. Maybe I'm, you know how we tend to gaslight ourselves? Yeah. That's the flight. Like you are running away from yourself. So that's like your fight, your flight, or you freeze and you just take it and you just sit there and you just internalize it. And you just sit yeah. there and you just deal with it, right? And so that's the first thing that tends to happen when we get told someone else's opinions or beliefs because we either want to make it all about us and be like, wow, this person's beliefs mean everything about my identity or we want to make them wrong and we want to like, you know, get them back for hurting us or we just don't know what to do. We just sit there and we take it and then we internalize it with ourselves and then we mull about it and then we wallow and all that stuff, right? So instead of doing that in real time, there's this beautiful moment where you can actually take time to process what's happening. <laughs> like people don't notice this, but you can do that. You don't have to like in, like instantly react, right? So this is really powerful because it's a practice. Like I said, it's a practice. The first thing that I wanted to do when I got those edits back from my book is to make the person wrong, to like, like just fight back, to do all these different things. And I had to verbally process it with so many different people. I had to like sit with myself. I had to journal about it. I had to actually process what was happening because I didn't want to automatically fight back on something that actually could be a really valuable thing for me. So in that pause, what I teach people to do is question the source, don't question yourself. So in real time, when my dad sent sent me that screenshot of saying, you'll probably get more people if you do this. Instead of saying, oh dear God, he's right, I say, okay, wait a second, let's take a time out what's the source? Number one, has this person done what I want to do? Number two, has this person done what I want to do in the way I want to do it? So has my dad like become a major online marketer speaking on stages, all this stuff? No, he hasn't. (laughs) Like, like, no, does he talk to the audience that I want to reach? No, he doesn't. Does he help women like own the F out of who they are? That's, no, he doesn't do that. Okay, cool. So having said that, like how credible is this source? Not how valuable is this human? How credible is the source for what they're saying? So a lot of the times we can take family members judgments on our business to mean everything about who we are. But when we question the source, like I will never forget. Oh my God. It's so funny. My mom literally looking at one of my sales pages saying, well, I would never buy this. And I said, Well, thank God, because you're not my ideal client. (laughs) Like, I was just like, Thank God. I did not want you in this course. Like, do not buy this. I'm like, Good, that I'm repelling the right people. Right. And so, when you think of it that way, and you're like, Do I want my dad in this source or like in this program? And I always say, um, Remember who you're writing for. My brother, one time at, a family dinner and, um, I'm very jokester. So I can say these super like snarky remarks and like, it's just who I am. But we were at family dinner one time and he says, Danielle, I had to block you cause you post too much on social media. And I said, thank, I call him Sasquatch by the way. So I was like, thank God Squatchy. I was like, I don't wake up every single morning saying, does like, does my brother need to know how much of a powerful woman he is today? I said, no, that's not what I don't think about that every morning when I wake up. So thank God, please block me. Like I think of it as my social media is my space and people, if they're consenting to follow me, they're consenting to all of me. And so I have no problem telling people who I'm, who I'm friends with or whatever. If they don't like what I'm posting, I just say, unfollow me. I'm not going to be like chapped. If you unfollow me, I'm like, are you going to pay my, buy my program? No. Are you like in my space because you actually want to be a part of this work? No. Are you just following me because you want to support me because you like we're friends? That's fine. But like, if you don't like it, I have no mute me. I don't care if you want to follow me, but mute me. I'm not going to be like heard about it because I know the source, right? So the first step is to question the source before you question yourself. The second step, which I think is just as valuable, which I feel like people also skip out on is they'll do number one and they'll question the source and they'll be like, yeah, Fuck you. <laughs> then they'll just be like, cut everyone out of your life. <laughs> or they'll be like, I'm never going to speak to my mom again. And the second step is to really take a second to filter it through is what I did, my actions, and what I said in integrity with my values and who I am. And this is powerful because when I got my book back, I wanted to fight. And there were certain things that I said in my book that I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. When I read this from the perspective of just reading it, this sounds like something that is not in integrity with who I am. I was like, shit, that sounds douchey. <laughs> That's what I actually said. I was like, well, that sounds really douchey here. So I'm not gonna post that even though it was like a funny joke, but I'm like, okay, if I had a microphone in my hand, that would be different. But how it reads is portraying an idea that I do not want to portray that's not who I am. So I had to look at that and it was hard. It's so hard because we want to be right all the time. And I had to be like, okay, cool. I'm not going to do that. Something else that I added to my book, I added a few times where I check, I fully check my privilege. I fully, I'm I'm like, I'm like 26. I live in Canada and I'm white. Hmm. Like I fully check my privilege in this book because I'm like, be who you are. And so I have a lot of people on my team who was checking it, not only for like privilege in so many different areas, but even like towards like LGBTQ community. What are some things that I could say that could like be hurtful to that community? Because that community I'm like very supportive of. What are some other things? So I had to like really let people tell me this is hurtful to some people and I had to filter it through and be like, okay, I need to change that. I need to add these things where I fully check my privilege. Like what about these situations where it's not safe to do so? I need to, I need to actually, um, bring awareness to that as well. Right. So I had to like go through and check myself before I wrecked myself. (laughs) So I had to check the source. I had to check myself and some things that, and that even went through that, like funny things where uh, my editor was like, Are Backstreet Boys relevant? And I was like, oh, hell yeah. How dare you? I literally was like, how dare you? They went on tour, this, this. They had a show in Vegas. I was like, this is their new song. And I like linked it. And I was like, fuck (laughs) you. But then there's some stuff where I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds really douchey coming from me. That is not okay. And it's not because I meant it in a hurtful way. It's because how it reads conveys a message that I'm not on board with. And then the third step is to act accordingly. So you check the source, you check yourself before you wreck yourself, and then you act accordingly. So I had to ask myself, okay, do I adjust? Is this something that I need to apologize for? Is this something that I need to um, shrink myself in any way? Probably not. Do I need to make myself bad or wrong? No. Can I adjust this without being a dick to the other person or being a dick to myself? Yes. Can I check myself without like hurting anyone or hurting myself? Yes. How can I adjust and go bigger? How can I adjust and instead of wanting to shrink, how can I take full ownership of of my own um, shit, of my own actions, of my own words, and then go bigger? Because we're all so afraid of conflict, but conflict I think is like really valuable because it shows us contrast and it makes us way clearer on who we are, our beliefs, and how we want to show up in this world.
0: That is a really badass exercise. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm sure everybody who's listening will be frantically taking notes on each of those (laughs) steps. I want to go through that as well. Uh, So if you guys need a pause, go back, definitely go ahead and do that. And so it's really interesting, like as you were sharing that book example, it seems like that could be really challenging to sort of navigate in terms of how do you know that you are Sharing something that you are that you are really owning, right, and you aren't afraid of what other people are going to say because ultimately, if we don't, are, if we're not responsible for other people's thoughts and feelings, then we should just be confident saying what we want to say, almost without fearing offending people because you're never going to make anybody happy. But how do you sort of balance that with also not wanting to offend people and not wanting to be exclusive towards certain communities and not wanting to have? That sort of sense of entitlement, um, like you were talking about. Like, how do you sort of navigate that balance between owning what you really want to share and also ensuring that you're not offending or excluding people that you care about? Yes,
1: I always say know your shit, know yourself, and then be open to feedback. And so, um, when I say know your shit and know yourself, like I know what I'm an expert in. Yeah but like not from like a douchey space, but I know fully, I know what I know. So with my training, with my experience, with what I teach my clients and stuff like that, there are situations. Oh, this is a really good example. There was a moment in my book where I have a whole chapter that's devoted to, um, like action creates clarity. And when you avoid action and wait for clarity, it actually causes like chaotic avoidance energy. And it just like fucks with your life. And so I had someone comment on that and be like, okay, but don't you need clarity to like take action? And I'm like, no, waiting for clarity to take action is like waiting for your curling iron to heat up without plugging it in. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? So I had to fully be like, okay, I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna filter this through. And honestly, it sounds like a really big scary thing when I'm like breaking down each process, but I can do this in like a matter of like five seconds for some things. And some things takes like hours (laughs) to be like, okay, let me like check myself. Cause you have to process some stuff as well. Right. Of like what comes up in your ego and all that stuff. But in this moment, when she said that, I was just like, I know myself. Number one, I know my shit. I know exactly what I'm teaching. Number two, I know myself in the fact of like, no, this is exactly in line with what I'm teaching. So I had no problem saying like, actually, no, I disagree. And I think that's one of the hardest things to do, honestly, is be like, actually, no, I disagree. Like, thank you so much for your feedback, but I completely disagree. And there was even a moment, I think a lot of people will relate to this, where I got a DM from someone I went to high school with and they looked at the price of my course. And I think this will relate to so many people. And they looked at the price of my course and they said, And I quote, oh my God, I have the DM here because I screenshotted it because it made me really happy because I laughed so hard. Okay, it said, man, you must be raking in the cash. Holy shit, that's so expensive. I couldn't afford that for like three more years. And I sat there for a second and I was like, oh, like I felt like the pit in my stomach and then I felt like the weird judgment shit and then I filtered it through and I said, that's okay. That's just an assumption and also quite the projection onto something that you might not fully understand. That's okay though. And then I put a happy face. I was like, that's okay. I was like, that's a complete, like, you do not understand and that's okay. And then I just put a happy face and I was like, whatever. And they commented back and they said, um, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to like offend you. And I was like, you didn't like, thank you. And that's it. And like, I, like my worth and my value, Brene Brown has a really powerful quote where it's like, my worth is not a topic of debate. Yeah. It's not a topic of debate anymore. And for me, I think that's really powerful too, where it's like, it's not a topic of debate. Like me knowing my shit is not a topic of debate. So. I know myself and I know my shit and I act accordingly (laughs) And when you need to check yourself. So there's like, one of my chapters is called bitches be cray how to deal with those people who sip on the hater. And right away, she highlighted it my editor and said, this is like sexist. Hmm. And I took a moment because like, I am a feminist (laughs) like I am, but also I'm a comedian (laughs) <laughs> in, my, in my own head, right? I'm a comedian, but also I'm like, okay, one second. Let me like, look at this for a second. Can this be hurtful to people? Yes. You're crazy. What is this chapter about? This chapter is legitimately about how I feared success because I thought other females would bring me down because of a situation I had in, in university where someone completely publicly discredited every part of who I was in order to win an election for, for this, like for the undergraduate society that I was doing at the time. So I had the experience that showed me that. And then I also, the entire chapter is me disproving that experience. So I had to say, you know what this is, this is sexist. You're fucking right. And I'm still going to keep it (laughs) like because it drives my point home. And I was like, will this offend people? Yes. Is this like offensive? Yes does it still prove my point? Yes. Does it do it in a fun way that people might be hurt by, but is it still in line with my values? Yes. I also use the term Derek, the douchebag in my book, right? It's such a beautiful book, guys. Please buy it. Uh, (laughs) I'll be buying it. Thank you so much. Uh, But yeah, it's called, like, I, I talk about Derek, the douchebag. Once again, she's like, this is sexist. I said, yes, I know. And that's it. I was like, yes, I know. Thank you so much. So it was really powerful in some places because it was like reading 350 pages of terrible Amazon reviews. <laughs> it was just like 300, like this editing process was literally like if I had 350 pages of everything negative that someone could say about this book. And it was a really powerful um, walking my fucking talk moment because I had to go through this process over and over and over again and say, what could be actually hurtful? But what is like the comedic style, number one, that I talk in? And then number two, like, is this actually in integrity with who I am? And like, yes. And because number one, I use Bitches Be Cray ironically, because my whole platform is about how to use your voice and own your extra. So, you know, like if you read the entire book, you know that I actually don't believe that, that I'm using it to jest. And that's the difference. And so that's another thing too, because I am quite polarizing. As a human being, and I've like learned that over the years, (laughs) like people do not like me and please die slowly every single time that that happens. Yes. (laughs) But I have to be like, okay, thank you. And I'm going to still keep doing my thing.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's what's so powerful about it is most people, when they are polarizing in some area of their lives or all areas, I've also gotten that feedback my entire life. It's really easy to shrink back and to become insecure and to freak out, right? And so in many ways, I think from feedback like that, people sort of experience like post-traumatic stress (laughs) um, and it just shrinks them every time it happens. But how I like to think about it is when things like that happen, post-traumatic growth, Right. Oh, um yeah. you can experience something like that, internalize it, and still be able to keep owning your shit and living your best life, regardless. You only get stronger and bigger from each and every one of those pieces of feedback. Um, yes. so yeah, that I is I always say, um, I always say like anytime
1: you make a decision to go bigger instead of shrinking, that is a victory. Anytime that you stand in the discomfort of owning your own actions, that is a victory. Like I think people think, oh, only when people like you, it's a victory. Or only when people agree with you, it's a victory. Or even when you disagree with other people and you keep rocking it, it's a, it's a victory. But I also think when you check yourself and you have the power, because think of a relationship, if you do something douchey to someone who you're like, oh shit. Okay. I was actually acting out of a wounded place there. It is so powerful to be like, Hey, you know what? I'm not going to apologize for who I am, but I am going to fully own that I did this and it hurt you. And it was out of integrity with who I was or who I am and who I was in that moment was not okay. And so therefore I'm not apologizing for who I am, but I am going to apologize for what I did because it was out of integrity with who I am. And so I think that's really powerful too. And that in itself is a victory because that is fucking uncomfortable to be vulnerable like that and be like, yo, dude, I messed up. That's without like beating yourself down. And I think that's the growth. The growth is like, how can I just continue to not hurt myself while being vulnerable? How can I continue to not hurt myself or shrink while going bigger? How can I also face this criticism in in the eyes That is actually has some merit to it because I was acting from a really uncomfortable place for me. Like I was acting from a wounded place. That wasn't cool. That's not who I am. So I'm going to own that. And I think that makes a true leader where you can own all of that and continue to go bigger.
0: Yeah, that is so big and so important. And what's amazing is when you harness these skills and you put these tools in your toolbox, you're really unstoppable. You're free, (laughs) you know, like nothing can touch
1: you. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like pe- people think so much that you have to be perfect in order for people to like you or people to pay you. And I think it's completely the opposite. Like you have to be hum- human, human, <laughs> you have to be human. And you have to just own the fuck out of your humanness because think of some of the leaders that you have seen who have done things that probably in their marketing, they probably shouldn't have done, or it was a little bit offensive or all these people who have things come up from the past and like, you see it bubble up and they're a totally different person now. And that was a growth moment from them. And you see the people who actively avoid it and you see the like continual chaos that that causes. And then you see the leaders who just step into it and they're like, yo, dude, I fucked up. Like, yeah, you might hate me in this moment and that's okay. But like, this is my growth from it. And this is, I'm taking this as a learning lesson and all this stuff. And I'm still going to keep going. And you see those people
0: come back like a fucking Phoenix. Yes. Yes. And those are the people that win every single time, 100%, 100% of the people who shrink back and let the chaos to continue and boil are the people who burn out and can't face the overwhelm anymore and they give up. So I completely agree. So Danielle, yes. so we're wrapping this up. What is yes. one final piece of advice? Most of our listeners are women. Most of them are women who constantly struggles with, with this, whether they are entrepreneurs, whether they are full-time employees, whether they're students. This is so relevant across the board. So what is one final piece of advice or wisdom that people can take from this episode and meditate on?
1: I would just say, own the fuck out of who you are. Figure out that, what that is. Figure out who that is. Like, who are you when you are your U.S.? And I hear so many people be like, I don't know what that means. But for me, I'm like, what is the energy of you? When you enter a room, what do people notice? Not what does your mom think of you? No, no, no. Like you. I want you to do this actually for yourself. When I enter a room, people notice X, Y, Z. And this is so powerful because for the longest time, I thought I was disempowered. I thought, oh my God, I don't know who I am. And then I started to say, when pe- when I enter a room, people think sassy, sassy sexy, all these things that I was so afraid to be and to own within myself. And now a hundred percent of the time it works every time. But, not but like when I enter a room, literally I will ask people like, or I'll hear what people say about me for certain things. And they'll be like, Oh my God, Danny is so sassy. Danny is so sexy. Danny's is so this. And I'm like, Oh my God, yes, it's working. But really I was that all along. I just own the fuck out of it right now. And a lot of the things that you'll put on that, on that piece of paper or you'll meditate on, or you'll think about will scare the bejeebus out of you because those are things, those are parts of yourself that you've been avoiding for so long to avoid conflict. And those actually won't create, they might create a little bit of backlash, but then you can go through that process that I taught you earlier. But what it will create is a path for you to fucking strut down to get to where you want to go.
0: Yes. I love it. Wise words. Everybody be writing this shit down.
1: Writing this shit down.
0: (laughs) Write that shit down. Okay. So, Danny, you're amazing. Thank you so much. How can people who are Thank listening you. to this keep learning from you, continue the conversation, and get their hands on that insanely badass book?
1: My yes, if you want to purchase the super offensive book, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but like, actually, okay, if you want to see that book in it's finished, state like I have pre-orders open right now. Danielledruso.com/slash/book. Danielle is with one L. My dad spelled it wrong on the birth certificate, so never forget that. Um, yeah. That is a true story. And also, my initials are Dad. So thank you so much, Dad. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not. I can't even make that shit up. So Danielledruso.com/slash/book. I have my courses. If you really want to learn about certain specific topics. I have hashtag unprofessional. We're running it live right now. We'll still be running it live when this podcast goes live. Um so the carts should still be open. But if that is something that you want to get in on, just email me or um see it. It'll be open on the actual website and you can join us in on whenever you hear this podcast episode. And then also I have like my pot or my um course called hashtag self-obsessed. Those are all based in the principles that I teach within this um podcast episode.
0: Insanely amazing. Thank you, Danny. I'll be sure to link all of that down below, too, guys. So I'll make it easy for you in the show notes. Um, Danielle, with, uh, or I should just call you dad from now on. Dad. Just call me dad. My dad calls me dad. When I'm mad at my dad, I'll be like, dad, stop. He'll be like, dad. And I'm like, oh my God, it makes me so mad. That is too funny. funny. Well, dad, thank you so much for being here. This was amazing. (laughs) Love you so much. And I I cannot wait for the world to hear this episode because it was just incredible. Oh,
1: me too. Thank you so, so much for having me. This is a fucking blast.